Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Nicky, my boy, new year. Brings the start of a new NBA season. The NBA is in full swing, man. Can you believe what's going on in the NBA? Harden's on the Nets. Oladipo's on the Rockets. LeBron's 36. He's like, well, how many more super teams do I got to battle against, man? The NBA season has been crazy so far, man. I, I, I love it. The NBA has been on fire. Great games lately. The season's back. It's just, it's awesome. Steph's playing again. It's been yeah. fun, man. Like, everything's back. Except us at the arena. That's, yeah. that's the part I'm still trying to wrestle with. Like it's it's tough to still still yeah. still be there without being there. You know what I mean? Yes. You know you see these empty arenas on TV. It's so eerie too because who really has like a home court advantage is because the arenas are empty. But look, Nick, I want to give you some great news. Check this out, buddy. Just because we can't physically go to the arena, it doesn't mean that we can't watch our teams from our couch in style. Say what? That's right. Let me tell you what. We are teaming up with the NBA and Podgo, and we're going to bring our listeners. Nick, check this number out. 75% off on select items. My headset can't be working, man. Did you just say 75? Nick, Nick. 75. 75% off on select items. You heard that right, my friend. Now, look, Nick, you can use this URL. Check this out. Podgo.com co backslash nba you get 75 percent off select items right now from the nba store go there right now everybody head to that site right now podgo.co backslash the nba the nba where amazing happens Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another installment of the Can We Please Talk podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. I'm Nick Saveri. Let's take a 60-second journey. Find your point of stillness. 
I'll invite you to close your eyes. Start with three deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. Again, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Got a very special episode tonight. Uh, we're going to be discussing mindfulness, Nick. Mindfulness, breathing, uh, wellness. You know, we have a motivational speaker joining us tonight, Curtis Smith. Uh, he started momentofmindfulness.com. And it's really a foundation that specializes in uh, transforming school and workplace culture. And he created this, this company. It's uh, mindfulness, lifestyle, methodology, and the company's really committed to empowering corporate and educational communities to, to activate their best intentions, you know, through culturally responsive and using evidence-based mindfulness tools. So I'm really excited to talk to, to Curtis tonight because there's so much that he's doing with the New York City Department of Education. Uh, he's worked with uh, Barack Obama's foundation as well, My Brother's Keeper. So uh, there's so much into this space and uh, we're really excited to have him on. And Nick, for mindfulness, I know you being in education as an educator for so many years, what do you think about uh, some of the things that, that Curtis's foundation works on? Yeah, I, he's on the right path. Um, what I've seen in the education sector is, you know, we've been focusing a lot on mindfulness. Um, we're now seeing, I mean, this goes kind of all over the place, but you've seen, um, you know, through Dr. Carol Dweck's work on, on um, mindset, you know, that concept of fixed mindset versus open mindset, all these things tend to tie together and what we're getting into in large part is a conversation about emotional intelligence and you know, the ability to really understand who you are and just the energies that you bring. It's like this ability to look inward. Right. Mindfulness is the practice is a practice actually of how do you deal with that? You know, everything from breathing exercises to you know, being able to focus on that one thing right in front of you and sort of zone everything out. Right. It's a practice that we see a lot of times with athletes and we're starting to bring that into different spaces. Yeah, I think it's really cool what they're doing, especially with kids, you know, now during the pandemic and kids are so, you know, emotionally, physically disconnected from classmates and they could be going through things. And in Curtis's uh, website, you know, just in surfing there and some of the things that they've done in the New York City Department of Education of just teaching kids like, you know, breathing exercises, uh, meditation practices. Um, I, I think it's really fascinating. Uh, we're going to get into how he got started, um, you know, his upbringing and background, the different uh, foundations, like I mentioned, that he worked with for Barack Obama's My Brother's Keeper Foundation. Um, so there's just so much with Curtis and, and we can't wait to talk to him. All right, joining us now, he's a motivational speaker and mindful education consultant, one of my oldest friends who I used to play basketball with and whoop up on, and that is Curtis Smith. Curtis, Mike Leon, Nick Savary, uh, thanks for jumping on with us tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's good, bro? What's going on, man? Uh, listen, we, we reached out to you to bring you on the show. You, you run this company, Mo Moment of Mindfulness. Um, and working a lot with, you know, mental wellness and not only for kids, adults in the workplace as well. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing and how you got into um, actually, you know, this area of, of working with people and then being able to, you know, work on their mental health. Yeah, man, I'm gonna try to shorten it up because that's really my life story, man. It's, it's been a journey to bring me where I'm at now. I started off um, back in 2009 in teaching, um, special needs teacher in middle school. 
I did that for four years while getting my master's at Brooklyn College. And that was really an opportunity for me to learn how to teach while actually teaching in a real classroom. Um, that allowed me to connect to an opportunity to open up a, a school that I co-founded, Vista Academy, back in 2013. And man, it was just all aligned. I was really on the brinks of getting out of education because I was in a space where I wasn't feeling like, you know, I was making an impact. The school that I was at, the special needs program was fairly new. I was new to the program. And so it just wasn't going well in terms of, you know, the teaching and learning aspect. And I found myself really just kicking it with the kids and speaking about life. And, you know, that's where I kind of found my passion is, is going beyond the lesson and, and really just chopping it up on, on what it took to, to just make it out in the world because these kids were dealing with some, some serious issues um, like we all are. And so that led me to the opportunity at, at Vista Academy and the mission there was to focus on character education along with academics. And um, I had the beautiful opportunity of bringing that character education mission alive. I went to high school with the founding principal um, and she just knew how I got down in terms of you know, having fun and, and making things engaging and really connecting with people. And like I said, she gave me the platform to, to take that character education initiative and really bring it to life. And so we started with 100 kids and seven years later, well over 500. And within that time, I was able to grow with, you know, how do we build character? And, and one of the biggest tools and greatest tools that I utilized was mindfulness. And it came by... Um, really life. I had dealt with my mom's passing in 2014, which ironically kind of synced with the first year of the school. And one of the unique things about the school is we had a morning meeting every first 20 minutes of the morning um, where I would lead them with quotes, just good vibes, positive notes to get their day started. And, you know, my mom passed, those morning meetings still went down. And I really had to find the strength and the energy to show up with the level of you know, commitment and just energy to still, you know, um, get the message out to these kids. And so um, mindfulness is the tool that I had been practicing kind of secretly. And when presented with the opportunity to, you know, share what I was going through, because it was no secret, everybody knew my mom had passed. Um, I utilized that as an opportunity, one, to pay tribute to my mom. And that's where the company came into um, play. Moment of mindfulness spells out mom. And that was my uh, way of paying tribute to my mom every single morning. And it became a thing. And the kids, the community, we all began to really just grasp the power of mindfulness and, and what it did with our mental, emotional, and, and just the culture of the school. And man, after seeing the results of just taking time to our breath, that gave me the confidence to continue to deepen my practice and to continue to make it a priority in the school. And I mean, long story short, the rest is history. Lives were transformed, minds included, and I was able to grow with the practice with the community and, and really just see the power of, of what we have as people to heal ourselves. And um, I resigned in 2020, January, and, and, and I'm expanding my company and really just allowing that message and the energy to be shared with not only kids, but I, I support companies and other organizations across the world to really activate and tap into the tools of mindfulness. So. That's how I'm here, brother. Long story, yeah, real it. short. You know? No, it's a great story, man. Curtis, first and foremost, thank you for sharing the story of your mother. And it's in her memory that we we dive into mindfulness today. Um, 
what's the value of mindfulness in the classroom? What have, what have you seen it bring, bring to children and to teachers? It's a game changer, bro. Uh, it's really a tool that really gives people an opportunity to take control of their emotions and really calm the mind. And I think when in the classroom, kids are coming from all sorts of backgrounds and they have all sorts of things they're dealing with. And mindfulness was the one tool that we can come together as a common uh, practice and engage in something that left us feeling better than when we started. And so for that, it really increased their focus. It allowed things to slow down in the classroom. It allowed us to create deeper connections with each other. And um, in, in essence, it created an opportunity for us to perform better because the focus level was, was um, increased. And I mean, the story goes on and on. The people got, the kids got confidence from the practice, from, you know, speaking the language, because we dealt with a lot of um, English as a second language uh, scholars. And man, like I said, the list goes on and on. But the, the common thing that we all were able to do was practice mindfulness. And that really geared us towards what we had in store for the day. And it gave people an opportunity to sort of release some of the things that had been going on on the outside and just give us a better opportunity to be present with the opportunities that, you know, these kids were presented with. These were young kids and I really knew that they were impressionable. And when you can give them small tools to really support them in the now, um, man, they're, they're, they're changing this world as we speak right now. So that's, that's kind of what it brought to the classroom. Curtis, you know, we're going to get to the adult side of this uh, in a second, but I want to stay on the kids for a second because obviously the pandemic has kind of, you know, turned everything upside down, not only for, for kids from a virtual learning perspective, but, but teachers and educators. So how do you deal with kids now virtually in that shift and that mindset of, you know, the, the, they're emotionally and physically removed from interacting with students? Um, how, is your, how are you working with kids now during the pandemic in that virtual sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I've got some contracts with some schools where I still work with the kids and it's a matter of making the best out of, of the time that we have. And while I certainly prefer in-person learning, um, virtual is where we're at now. And it's really about creating situations where we can increase engagement and connection virtually and utilize mindfulness tools to really help support that goal. So really things with bringing them back into the space um, where we're on these virtual calls engaging in mindfulness practices and coming up with creative ways to, you know, keep them engaged with what's happening, even in the virtual sense. And also um, a delicate balance between, you know, leading the mindfulness and getting them to detach from their technology and computers, even in session, and just engage in, you know, the, the senses and, and the breath and um, really just giving them the, the tools to help support them in that journey. There's some things that most people don't know or we generally are clueless about when it comes to mindfulness. I think number one thing is that mindfulness isn't just a practice where you have to sit and close your eyes and be at the top of a mountain, you know, with a monk. Um, mindfulness is, is happening right here and now. It's just paying attention to the present moment. And I think a lot of people don't realize the power that the present moment presents. You know, a lot of our minds jump to the future. They jump to the past. And, you know, the power for change and the power to do anything always exists here in the now. And so in practice and mindfulness, we're essentially taking back our power and investing our energy and attention in something that we have control over, which are the, you know, the things that we have right here and now. And so I think that's the biggest thing people don't realize is 
you know, you could practice mindfulness, you know, brushing your teeth. You can practice mindfulness driving a car. It's really about cultivating and building your focus muscles so that you can focus on one thing at a time. And the practice of mindfulness just cultivates that muscle and strengthens it so that it can ideally carry over in all areas of your life. All right. So I want to piggyback on that because uh, adults now, and I've read a few testimonials from your site from adults about how you've helped with managing stress. So what, what advice or what can be used in practicality uh, by adults in terms of mindfulness? The breath is, is really that simple. And you almost have to unlearn that it's more than the breath. Anytime I do workshops and I, I, I teach on the breath, a lot of people's first reaction is, all right, bro, breath, got it. What's next? What else can I do? Because that's just simple. And I almost have to take a pause and let them know, well, no, you have to spend time with the breath and you have to cultivate that practice and you have to build yourself to the point where you can spend time with your breath and surpass the boredom and the idea that just thinking of the breath isn't serving you or isn't really supporting you in your mental, emotional and uh, psychological well-being. And so the practical use of simply focusing on the breath, we can all do it in, in short spurts but the practice of mindfulness begins to build that so that you can stretch it out and, and focus on the breath for longer periods of time. And that's where the, the, the secret sauce is, is the breath in itself allows you to slow things down. It self-regulates the body. It really allows you to um, just return back to your, your ideal state of operating, which is, you know, that of love and light and peace and joy. Curtis, what makes you, th- what makes, because beyond the education sphere, mindfulness seems to be becoming a, a, a trend, not so much a trend, but something that we're seeing present in more spaces, be it in organizations, be it um, in the education sector, obviously, uh, in professional sports, like mindfulness is becoming more and more of a widespread um thought or practice uh, in, in a country, in our country where it's sorely needed. Um, what makes you think it's suddenly become the zeitgeist over the last few years? Yeah, I think the science and the evidence behind the practice is getting to the point where it's just overwhelmingly pointing to, you know, it works. And, you know, when you do so much research behind the benefits and, you know, what it does for us in so many areas, um, I think the the idea of information being more accessible, people are seeing that this is a viable tool. And not only is it a viable tool that really helps, but it's a tool that's really accessible. I mean, you don't have to teach anyone how to breathe. It's just a matter of teaching them how to redirect their attention. You don't have to teach anyone, you know, to feel their bodies, but you were just able to turn your attention inward and do a body scan. And so I think just the the research and the accessibility to the practice Uh, along with the evidence on how it supported people um, for years and thousands of years, the practice has been there. But, you know, I think the science and and people are at a point where they're really looking for something that can help support them. Mental health is at an all time, you know, um, it's at a place where people are just, you know, I think we've always been struggling, but with the platforms that we have, more people are able to share their struggles um, and, and people are looking for solutions. And when you look for solutions, I think mindfulness overwhelmingly is one that we can all um, practice in the comfort of our own sort of temples. And it's something that's easily transferable from, you know, kids to adults. I mean, I taught sixth graders. And one of the beautiful things that I've taught was 
to teach them how to not only lead themselves, but lead others. And so I think that's just the beauty of it. It's, it's a practice that's so accessible that a sixth grader and below can access it. Uh, and, you know, the same thing that a sixth grader is doing, a 30-year-old adult can do, and you're getting the same type of effects. And I mean, we all looking to win out here. So I think that's what's causing the, the, the rise in, in mindfulness um, around the world. All right, Curtis, we, we've had on the show people from all walks of life, and a former FBI operative. We've had Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. We've had people that are in these uh, stress-related jobs. And I want to I get back more into the practicality. So give us some tips that our audience could use tomorrow. Let's say somebody's stressed about, you know, maybe being passed over for a promotion. Or I know people from previous uh, jobs that had trouble with the, the virtual meetings. You know, they, they need the whiteboard and they need to be in front of people. What are some tips that people can actually use? Or what, 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 what's a way that you would recommend for them to first start out uh, in terms of mindfulness and, and using it? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say begin to figure out what works for you with the mindfulness journey. Um, every journey starts with the breath. And so you definitely want to begin to cultivate a practice where you can simply sit and be with your breath. Now, some people can do that and have the time to sit for 20 minutes. Some don't. Um, I would say start where you can. If you have a minute to connect with your breath, the idea is you, you start with that minute. And you ideally want to have a place where you um, go that's consistent in your home that you feel is, you know, can 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 be a place where you can get your relaxation on. Um, and more ideally, you want to have a consistent time where you're engaging in the practice. So when you set yourself up um, and engage in those small things and take it step by step, I think that's one of the first things that people can do is actively just set a practice of being still and connecting with your breath. And beyond that, I would say, you know, figure out how else you want to incorporate mindfulness. Um, you can be out in nature and, and choose to, you know, connect with nature and be mindful of the sounds that are around. Uh, you can also, you know, maybe you listen to music. That can be a way where you can just zone out, put your headphones on, close your eyes and allow the music to be your point of focus. So whatever it is that you choose to focus on, I think it needs to be a consistent thing that you can come back to where again, you can begin to build that focus muscle because in our natural state, you know, our minds are all over the place. And with working with hundreds and thousands of people, I think we don't realize that everybody's minds are all over the place. We have over 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And so if you're caught up in these thoughts, then, you know, your thoughts are going to drive you crazy. And if you're caught up in the things of this world and you don't allow yourself to detach from those things and those thoughts and that role or, you know, even what you think you have to do, even if it's for a minute or two, then you almost get caught up in that. And, and that, I think, is what causes people to wear down and to burn out is because they're not detaching. They're constantly dialed in. They're constantly just in this realm of who they think they should be, according to what the world says. You know, and, and I think it's just powerful when you're able to take that step back, take a pause and reassess and that sort of brings you back to center and um, oftentimes just realigns you with why we're here. And I, I think that can be missed. You know, I think, you know, even with my daughter, I, I've got a, a, a newborn. Um, she just reminds me just to be present. You know, she's not looking for anything outside of just my eyes on her eyes and that engagement. And I think a lot of times that gets lost. So 
Start where you are. Start with the people in your life. Just be mindful and just pay attention. Mindfulness is a fancy word for paying attention. And in this day and age, our attention is scattered. You got all sorts of things vying for our attention. And a lot of people aren't taking that valuable resource and spending it with themselves to cultivate a practice that can help them. So start, start where you can is what I'd say. You start with this podcast. Get yourself in a lotus position and let us take you somewhere good. Right. Uh, Curtis, you recently held a, a mindfulness event focusing on men. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that. Why, why men? What, um, what was the event about? What were your, what you, what were your outcomes? Yeah, I mean, it was a dope event. I partnered with a couple of different companies, but this event that I did, I believe it was last week, was with Hill House. It's a, um, a wellness company out in Brooklyn that uh, supports um, wellness. And I know men, we as men typically aren't engaged in these practices at large, or at least in public. And I know a lot of our, our queens and a lot of our, 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 our women in our life are a little bit more on top of just the self you know, self-love tools. And, you know, it's just more popular for them to be doing things to take care of themselves. And, you know, I know when it comes to men, we, we have a lot on our shoulders and we carry a lot inside. And I think it's very important just to provide, you know, those tools and, and that platform so that guys can, one, know that we have valuable tools um, and two, create a community where we can learn these tools and engage in the tools together and you know, normalize these things. It shouldn't be out of the norm for, you know, guys to get together and, and meditate. But I think there's this stigma along when you say, hey guys, you know, let's talk about some stuff or let's, you know, talk about our feelings. And uh, I think it's just important to begin to open up those conversations and have events where we can create opportunities to, to heal ourselves and, and, and make it cool and, you know, hip to do. I thank you for coming on tonight, my friend. Uh, I've known you for a long time and very proud of, of the work that you're doing. Check out momentofmindfulness.com. Um, if people wanted to, let's say, book something with you, how, how could they go about doing that? They can check the site. Uh, contact me on momentofmindfulness.com and, and let me know how you know I can support, whether it's a school, a company, or I do private sessions. Um, just all about collaborating. If people want this knowledge and if they want these tools, and they want it in a way that's accessible and, you know, practical and in a way that, you know, I like to create and, and, and put music behind a lot of what I do. Um, and that just really creates an ambiance where we can enjoy the experience. I don't think healing has to be boring. Um, we like to be entertained. So I like to make it a, a, an experience where, you know, our imaginations and, and us as beings can truly enjoy the practice. So Check out the website. Contact me, um, Mr. Curtis Smith on Instagram. Shoot me a message. And I'm all about collaborating with like minds. Yeah. Well said, Curtis. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. The best of luck in these sleepless nights that you're going to have with your, with your new baby girl over the next couple of months. Use that mindfulness uh, when it's three in the morning and they're crying because uh, <laughs> you're going to need it there. But I really appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Yeah, man. You fellas, I appreciate you having me. Keep doing what you're doing. Big things. I'm honored to be on here with you all. And I look forward to checking it out and, and many more of what you all have coming up. 
All right, that was Curtis Smith joining us tonight. Uh, like I mentioned, motivational speaker, CEO of Moment of Mindfulness. Check it out, momentofmindfulness.com is the website. Um, I just thought a lot of it was so fascinating and so relevant for what people are going through in today's, you know, pandemic world, you know? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic really exacerbates what a challenge for us, especially in the U.S., has always been, is that we are very much like, go, go, go. Like, we're, right. we're, 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 yeah, we don't really take lunch breaks. Our, our days are super long. Um, we travel anywhere else in the world. Like, this isn't the way people operate. And mindfulness is a way to get people to recenter. I really appreciate how Curtis just broke it down very simply. And to anyone listening to this show, you know, I would continue to emphasize that same point that it is a, it's just simply about your breath, right. just monitoring your breath. I, I mean, if you're looking at the video on my watch, I get a, I get a notification every you know every now and then just to like do a breathing exercise. Like mindfulness is all around, just grabbing the tools and and realizing it's it is very accessible. Um, what Curtis is doing with schools in New York City is awesome. It's yeah. vital that it's showing up in that place and the opportunity for him to come to organizations again. If you're all listening to this show and you're curious, Curtis gave us a lot of good ways to connect with him. You're all invited. Just get on this party and uh, bring it to your space too. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point because if you do want to connect with Curtis Smith, and he mentioned you can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Curtis Smith, you can also hit up momentofmindfulness.com and and in the contact section there. Uh, if you want to find out more about that as well, and he doesn't answer you from there, hit us up at Can We Please Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. As always for this show, um, subscribe, follow. We're available across all the uh, podcast platforms: Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Um, leave us a comment in the App Store you know an apple podcast section um hit subscribe button on youtube as nick's going to be pointing down to the subscribe button uh for those of you watching on video uh i'm mike leon and enjoy my moment of zen right now i'm nick severi <laughs> we'll see everybody next time later Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.